Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. All right. How's everybody doing tonight? All right. How many of you are completely ready for tomorrow morning? No, there's some hands up. Wow. Outstanding. Okay, there's hands up. I mean, completely ready. Okay. Well, let me open up the Word of God here in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for this amazing evening. We can come together and partake of your body and your blood and just celebrate you and worship you for what you've done. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to tell you guys a few things. Number one, if you don't attend here regularly, maybe this is your first time here, maybe you haven't been here throughout the year, but there's been several words that have been happening over this church. And one of them has been, God is working. And we've already heard that. Another one is that this church is marked by miracles. This church has been marked by miracles in 2019. And I'm telling you, there have been miracle after miracle after miracle that God is performing and doing in our midst. And it is exciting. And I just want to give you just a brief testimony of a couple of the miracles that God has done right here in Erie, Pennsylvania. Now, I know he's doing miracles all over the world. He's doing miracles all over the United States of America. But I'm telling you, he's doing miracles in Erie, Pennsylvania as well. And I'm going to explain a little bit of why I believe he's doing that. But let me tell you, there have been elbows that have been injured in, in Iraq and in Afghanistan in war times that have been completely and miraculously healed. There have been knees in which cartilage was missing and cartilage began to form where it was needed and taking the knee pain away. Like, I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, we've got, this is, these are medical things that are happening. I'm not making this up. There are stomachs that have been injured and hurt for years on medication. God miraculously healing them no longer on medication. Our founding pastors Pastor Pam, who can't be here, Pastor Jim, Pastor Pam can't be here tonight. But there was a service in the middle of the year or so, she was standing right over there. And she has not been able to sing for about eight years, I believe it was. And God restored her voice on a Sunday morning as she was standing right there. We weren't praying for her, we weren't laying hands on her. The the blessed presence of God Almighty filled this room and she was healed. We've had surgeries that have been avoided. We've had tumorous masses disappear. We've had stage four cancers completely, completely, completely vanish. And one of my favorites, there's a beloved person in our congregation who woke up on a Monday morning who had a major stroke. She could not move the entire side of her body. She needed help everywhere that she went. She went to the hospital. She was getting testing. We were praying for her. She was speaking the word of God over her life, over this situation. And God began to miraculously heal her body. And you know that she walked out of that hospital, I believe the next day or maybe later that evening. This happened on a Monday morning. She was making coffee 
out here on a Wednesday night, serving us coffee on a Wednesday night. I'm telling you, church, God is doing the miraculous. He is doing the miraculous. And you say, Pastor Jason, why is he doing these things? Well, I've got some reasons why he's doing these things. Number one, God is good and he loves us. If you get nothing else out of this service, walk away saying God is good and he loves me. This is, the, this is the reason why he's doing it. The second reason why he's doing it is he is getting people's attention. I'm telling you, church, he is getting people's attention. He wants the attention of Erie, Pennsylvania. He wants the hearts of the people of Erie, Pennsylvania to turn their hearts to him. The believers to turn their hearts back to him. For those who are far from him to turn their hearts to him. And I believe the third reason why he's doing this is he's preparing us for a revival. I don't say that lightly. I don't say it flippantly or just out of nowhere. I don't say it because it's a cool word that someone made up and we've seen revivals in our history. I'm telling you, church, he is preparing us for a revival. Not just this church, I'm talking about this area of the country. God is beginning to do miracles here because he's preparing us for a revival. The word says his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I begin to ask myself, what is the catalyst? Why, why is this happening? What, what is the, why is this happening? What is the thing that has set all of this in motion to make this entire thing possible? And I want to talk about that tonight. And it's the title of my message. It's called The Greatest Gift. The Greatest Gift, which is Jesus Christ. And the interesting thing about The Greatest Gift is it also is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. If you read the Bible, it was born of a virgin. Okay, time out. Miracle. Because as we know from science, that is not possible. We've also known from science some of these healings are not possible. But with God, all things are possible. The Bible makes it very clear. With God, all things are possible. This greatest gift, a miracle of heaven, came as a baby, born with signs and wonders, with a star above him, so that we could seek him and find him with our hearts. You know, has anybody ever gone to a party where they've had a Christmas party that's done a white elephant gift? Let me see your hands. White elephant gifts. Okay, I mean, I've been on this earth quite some time, not that long, but a little bit of time. I have never, ever done a white elephant gift party until like two weeks ago. So thank you to the worship and AV team. They had a, they had a Christmas party and we did a white elephant gift. And I didn't realize what the purpose of the white elephant gift was. It's just supposed to kind of disguise the presence and make it look like this is the greatest gift. Or maybe this one is the greatest gift. And I'm walking around the table looking at all these gifts going, hmm, which one is the greatest gift? Which one on this table is the one that I want to go grab? And then somebody would grab it, what they thought was the greatest gift, and then somebody else would take it from them. And then somebody else, because everyone thought there was this one greatest gift. And you see, what I want to talk about tonight is that the world presents all kinds of flashy things, all kinds of things that look like the greatest gift, whether it's the latest iPhone or whether it's this, whether it's that, whether it's things of this world that satisfy these needs or longings in our heart, but at the end of the day, they don't really satisfy. 
There is one gift. There is one greatest gift. There is only one gift that satisfies every deep desire in our heart, and his name is Jesus Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. This gift didn't have to be disguised in wrapping. It came as a baby. The best gift of all. This gift didn't come with any false advertising. How many of you have purchased a gift at Christmas and it promised to do so many great things? It promised to work like this and do this and look like that and operate like this. And a week later, you're like, what is wrong with this thing? It doesn't even work. They lied to me. But I want to tell you tonight that the greatest gift, the greatest gift does not lie. The greatest gift has lived up to everything that the word of God said he would. He lived, he died, crucified, rose again from the grave for your sins, for my sins. He paid the ultimate price. Everything that was prophesied, every single thing that was prophesied over his life came to fruition. And you understand why it's a miracle is the fact that the probability of one man coming to the... Forget about even being born of a virgin. Let's just throw that away for a second and talk about all the prophecies that have come up that said, this guy is going to do this, he's going to do this, he's going to do this, he's going to be born here, he's going to be from here, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. Jesus Christ in the flesh from heaven above fulfilled every single one of those prophecies. Every one. The prophecies were written by people over hundreds of years in different countries, in different languages. One person fulfilled it. You cannot debate those facts. The statistics can't lie to you. Jesus Christ is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the Savior of the world. You can't debate it. I mean, you could. You could try. But the facts and the evidence say otherwise. So why is this the greatest gift? Because it's a miracle. Why is it the greatest gift? Because this miracle leads to another miracle. You see, the miracle of this baby being born, fulfilling all these prophecies, leads to the miracle of salvation. Because of what he did, because he defeated death on the cross, because he paid the price, because he was beaten and wounded for our transgressions, Because all of that had happened, he actually made a way. Not only was he a miracle, he made a way for other miracles to happen. He opened the door for these healings to happen that I'm talking about. He opened the door for the miracles that we're seeing now, have seen, and will see to happen. This is why it's the greatest gift. Because not only is there salvation available to every person who has ever lived and ever walked this earth, but there's also miracle working power that comes with it. I want to read out of John 10, verse 9 and 10. I'm going to read a little bit in verse 9 and stop for just a minute. And I want to show you, this is the scripture that the Lord has given me for tonight. John 10, verse 9 says, I am the door. This is Jesus speaking. I am the door. I am the door. I am the gate. I am the only way to heaven. I am the only one. Put your trust in me. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The gift of salvation. The Bible says that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. No one comes to the Father. It's not your good works. It's not your good looks. 
It's not how much money you have. It's not how hard you tried. It's not how many things you did. Hey, it's great to do good things. And we're going to do this offering here at the end after this message. We want to do good things for others because we are blessed. We are highly blessed. We are highly favored. But you see, it's nothing that you've done. It's because it's the greatest gift. It's available. And all you have to do is just receive that gift. If someone hands you the greatest gift in the entire world, what would you do? Say, no, thank you, not today. I don't know about you. I'd say, "Uh, yes, please. Thank you very much. You would accept that greatest gift. If you're at the white elephant Christmas party and the greatest gift truly was sitting there, you take it. Someone else said, can I have it? You say, no, 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 this is mine. In fact, you'd probably be like, like the toddler on Christmas morning, yeah? How many of you know the toddlers on Christmas morning? <gasps> this is my gift, it's mine. And nobody can have it, nobody can share it, and they're screaming with glee and wonder, yes, yes. Isn't this, should be, this should be our reaction. This should be our daily life when we know and understand truly what Jesus has done for us says, I am the gate. I am the only way to heaven. I have salvation for all eternity. We can't wrap our heads around eternity. Try it for like a second. It doesn't work. For all eternity, he is the gate. He is the gift. And it's available to everybody. It says that verse says, and those that enter will find pasture. That means Jesus is going to be with you everywhere that you go. From the moment you accept him as your Lord and Savior. Does it mean that nothing bad will happen? Absolutely not. Where in the Bible does it say that? It doesn't. In fact, it says quite the opposite. It says in this world you will have trouble. You will have trials. But I will be with you. I have overcome the world is what Jesus said. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is with us. He is with us. Verse 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. See, the thief here is the enemy or Satan who's got alternate plans and purposes for our lives to distract us with the world's greatest gifts, with the things that the world could possibly bring to us, but it does not match at all even close to the greatest gift, which is Jesus Christ. If you notice the progression there, it says it come, he comes to steal, then to kill, then to destroy. This is a progression. The first thing he tries to do is steal. Steal the truth and the fact that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. He tries to steal the word of God from our hearts. Tries to distract us from things in this world so that we will get looking for something else when the Savior is right in front of us. First he steals, then he kills. And his ultimate goal is to destroy generational family lines. That is his goal. Because he knows ultimately where he's going to end up. A loser. But then the verse continues to go. Jesus is saying, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So not only is the gift of 
salvation available, the gate. But now Jesus is saying, wait a second, the gift of abundant life is also part of my plan and purpose for your life. So I look at this, it says the greatest gift, this greatest miracle, it has side effects. Anybody ever watch those commercials and where they put up the medical thing that says, if you take this pill, like your cholesterol is going to be better, but for the most part, you're probably going to die because let me tell you all of the other things that might happen to you. Don't do it if you're this, don't do it if you're that, if you feel this, if you feel that, if you feel like you're having a heart attack, yeah, I get it. Like, oh my gosh, is this pill really going to help me or is it going to hurt me? You see, but Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. You see what the difference is here? These side effects, guess what? They're not always all good. (gasps) Did he just say that? You understand that God's ultimate heart, Jesus' ultimate plan for you is good, is abundant life. But in order to get there, sometimes he has to root some stuff out of our lives. Sometimes we have, made, we have made idols of things in our life that are not him, and he doesn't want you to stay there. He wants you to go from here to there. He wants you to, he wants you to make him Lord of your life in every single area. Every area. And sometimes, yeah, that comes with some blessings and some favor, some supernatural miracles, and sometimes there's some pain that comes with that as he's rooting out the things that are actually destroying us. So this abundant life thing doesn't mean we all run around and say, I made Jesus my Lord, my Savior. My whole life is perfect. Nothing bad ever happens. I'm sorry. That is not true. Because Jesus' ultimate goal is to take you from here to there to have abundant life. And sometimes there's a rocky road that gets you from there to there. What do I need to do to receive this gift? I want to look at one more scripture in Matthew 2, verse 9. Worship team, you can come back up. It says, what do I need to do to receive this gift? We all know the story of the three wise men. And I want to read this story to you because it outlines, we talked about this this past Sunday, it outlines not only what does it mean to adore him, what it means to have reverence towards him, but it actually is talking about how to position ourselves to surrender to him. Matthew 2 verse 9 says this, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child, they saw Jesus with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. They fell down and they worshipped him. You talk about a picture of adoration, a picture of adoring, a picture of surrender. They understood that this baby was the greatest gift. They understood that this baby was the greatest miracle. They understood that this baby was the miracle that led to other miracles, that led to salvation, that led to healing, that led to addictions being broken. It led them to everything they needed for abundant life. They fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You see, the wise men, they saw the sign. They saw the sign. They sought Jesus. They took an action and sought Jesus. 
And when they found him, they surrendered their life to him. This evening, we too can receive this gift. But we have to surrender our lives to him. The Bible clearly says that all have sinned and fallen short. But Romans 10, verse 9 says this, If you confess with your mouth, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the one heart believes unto righteousness and with one mouth confession is made unto salvation. The greatest gift is available tonight. We don't have to wait till Christmas morning. You don't have to wait till Christmas morning to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You don't have to wait for Christmas morning to resurrender your life to Him. You can do it tonight. So if everybody could just bow their heads and close their eyes for a minute. Jake, if you could play for me in the background. just want to ask you a question this evening. If you say, Pastor Jason, I feel like you're talking directly to me. On either accounts of whether you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or you're saying, I have just, I've strayed far from him. And I want to rededicate. I want to resurrender. I want to refocus my attention on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Everyone's eyes are closed. Everyone's heads bowed. No one's looking around. If that's you tonight, I just want you to just slip your hand up. Just put your hand up this evening. Say, re-surrender or make Jesus the Lord of my life tonight. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. See your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being so bold tonight to raise your hand. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another moment to receive this greatest gift. If you've raised your hand tonight, I want you to say this prayer after me. We don't all need to say it together, but those who've raised their hand tonight, or maybe you wanted to raise your hand and you didn't, I want you to say this prayer with me. You can just repeat it after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died in my place for my sins and rose from the grave to make me new, and to prepare me to live in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life. Take control of my life. Forgive my sins and save me. I place my trust in you and in you alone for my salvation, and I accept your free gift of eternal life. In your name, I pray. Amen. You know, amen means so be it. <laughs> so be it. So what you prayed tonight, so be it. 
And I'm telling you that word of invade is that Jesus is going to begin to invade into your life. He's going to begin to invade into your life and radically change parts of your life. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that you came as a baby, lived a perfect life, crucified, beaten for us, and defeated death so we can be with you for all eternity. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to move into offering time now. Ushers, if you want to get ready. Look, church, we are so blessed. I'll tell you, if you just take a peek around the world, anywhere outside of where we are, we are highly blessed. But there are people even in our community that need help, that need assistance. And we as a church are blessed, and we want to be able to bless others. As Pastor Liz said in the beginning, what's given tonight, if you just mark your offering envelope as other, this is going to be a special offering tonight. It's going to go to those who are in need. Nothing for the church or operation-wise, but it's going to go to bless others, what we call the benevolence fund or a blessing fund. I read this scripture out of Luke 6. It says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. With the same measure that you use it, it will be measured back to you. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you bless every gift given to the stewardship of your church. We ask that your blessing would be upon every gift and every giver. We love because you first loved us, and we give because you have given us the greatest gift of eternal life in your Son, Jesus Christ. It is with thankful hearts we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, if you will stand with me. It's candle lighting time. So if you have your candle somewhere, find it. If you misplaced it, go grab one. There's a couple instructions I want to give tonight. Number one, if your candle is lit, we don't want you to dip it. Okay? Don't tip it or dip it this way. The person who's going to get your candle lit does this, and then once it's lit, the next person will light it this way. Okay? So what's going to happen is we're going to light our candles first up here. The ushers are going to come up. We're going to light the ushers' candles. And they're going to come down this row, this row, and this row. And then we'll all light our candles. And about halfway through, we'll start singing Silent Night. It's a beautiful song as we end our service this evening. Okay? Clear? All right, let me light. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for your birth. We thank you for your life, your death, your resurrection. We thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We worship you tonight, and we thank you for your birth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just a trick to blowing out your candles so we don't get wax on other people is just to kind of put your hand behind it as you blow it out, like that. 
I want to invite everybody to join us immediately following the service here in the lobby. We've got cookies, we've got hot chocolate, coffee, so spend some time together in fellowship. I want to thank Betty Carell for her cookies. And before we leave, I just want to read this benediction. I just want to read this benediction here before you're dismissed. It says this, as we rejoice in God's steadfast presence in our lives and in God's unique presence in the life of Jesus of Nazareth, born of Mary, growing through childhood and into adult ministry, in all his life manifesting the peace, love, and justice of God, his voice undimmed by the centuries, his call and his promise as clear to us as it was to the disciples so long ago. Come to us, Lord Jesus. Be born in us tonight, in our hearts, our minds, our lives. May the light of your life be kindled in us and lead us into the shining truth of God with us, God for us, and God in us. Amen and amen. Merry Christmas. You are dismissed. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.